your go-to place for all the latest news from the Carolina Clash, Ultimate Late Models, SCDRA, and the Carolina Sprint Tour. This is Doing What John Dirt. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing What John Dirt. I'm your host, Evan McCrory. This is going to be episode 31, and today, with it being the 4th of July, I'm going to be talking to current active military members of the Air Force that race with the Carolina Sprint Tour as driver and as crew chief uh, with Derek Treese and Kyle Loader. We had an awesome like 45, a little over 45 minute conversation talking about their careers in the military, how they got into it, uh, everything with the Carolina Sprint Tour, some of their favorite competitors and tracks they like to race at and just a, a bunch of good stuff in there. Pretty funny as well, uh, especially towards the end. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And then after we're going to be talking about the Hunt the Front and Ultimate uh, collaboration race they had for the Independent Shootout with Jimmy Owens winning and also going over the Robbie Weaver Memorial that happened last night at Cherokee Speedway and what other racing we got going on, including the Grassy Smith, uh, the Firecracker at Lancaster, and what other races we got going on. Let's go for it. We have two guests today joining me on the Front Wheel Drive Friday Hotline. They are current members of the United States Air Force. They are currently stationed in Sumter, but they are going to be going overseas in, uh, I believe it's a couple of weeks. Uh, they are also members of the Carolina Sprint Tour family. One is a driver, which is Derek Treese, and the other one is Kyle Loader. I believe is one of his crew guys. How are you guys doing on this 4th of July? Doing pretty well, sir. Thank you for having us. And, uh... Glad to be here, and Kyle was actually the uh, crew chief, head mechanic, and brains behind the operation. I just hold the steering wheel and do what he tells me. Just hold the steering wheel and don't try to mess it up too much. That's right. Uh, so he does He does a pretty good job of it. Uh, where are your guys' uh, duties with uh, the U.S. Air Force, and where are you guys going to be heading to in a few weeks? So, uh, Kyle and I met, what has that been, almost 15 years ago now. We were stationed uh, in Mountain yeah. Home, Idaho. Uh, we're both crew chiefs for fighter jets. We started out on F-15s in Mountain Home, and uh, I ended up getting stationed here at Shaw in 2016, no, 2018, I'm sorry. And Kyle messaged me, and we, you know, we kept in touch over the years and played Xbox together and all that stuff. And he goes, wait, you're at Shaw. I'm at Seymour. These are only three hours away. Let's meet up. So we just kind of reconnected and started hanging out on long weekends and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> I work on F-16s now. He works on F-15 still. And we got back into the racing gig. I started getting into the go-kart thing. And I was like, hey, man, do you have any interest in this? And he's like, if it goes fast, I'm about it. So we hooked up with the, the go-kart thing and then moved up from go-karts to sprint cars. And he's like, I'm invested. I'm in. So he drives down every race weekend from uh, Goldsboro, North Carolina, down to my place and gets the car ready loads the trailer up and everything and we hit the road and go race and then he's like man this three-hour drive is really starting to suck i was like well i have a solution for that and i think you'll like it he's like what's that i said i just volunteered to go to korea and he goes all right i'm gonna do the same thing because you volunteer to go to korea you get put at the top of the priority list for base of preference when you're done with your year He's like, well, I'll go to Korea with you and see if we can both land at Shaw. So we're both going to Korea in August, and next August we'll both be back here at Shaw in South Carolina. Okay. So you're going to be over there for how long? 12 months. 12 months. Okay. And so um, is the racing just going to start right back immediately once you get back in town, finish off 2024, and then <laughs> go full-time 2025? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was the, the plan. Uh, I don't know if it'll be immediately, immediately. I have to see how my wife feels about that. I'm sure she's going to want some time, you know, so, to herself with me. Get back on Here's where I'm at with it. I want to come back. Uh, we should come back a couple weeks before the Tuscarora 50. Uh, yeah. Last year we went and we didn't have a good showing. It wasn't, it wasn't spectacular. Um, but so I, I kind of want to get my revenge in terms of setup of the car because i didn't really i wasn't i wasn't that crew chief yet so i want to get my redemption on, on port royal speedway would that be in the so i'd like to go to the 50. would that be in the 305 division of that event or actually up at the 410s that would be a 305 sir okay. yeah i was like damn you got that money <laughs> <laughs> no oh uh, so the tuscarora 50 events a three-day show and on that thursday the opening night of the 50 
it's the four tens and the three oh fives, and then the rest of the week it's four tens and super late models, four tens and limited late models. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think but we went up last year and started our weekend off the Saturday prior at Path Valley, which is a tight little quarter mile bull ring that I used to race go karts on. And we did okay there. Like kinda had some some things not go our way. We were fast and then we weren't. And I think we ended up finishing, what, like 21st in the feature, just on a glass over track, couldn't move, couldn't pass. Everybody's too wide. There was nowhere to go. And then we went to Port Royal. And in hot laps, I think we were seventh or eighth quick out of 49 cars. And everything just looked like it was heading in the right direction. We just didn't keep up the racetrack enough. So we went backwards in the heat race. And then by the D main time, we started in the back and missed transferring by one spot. So... I'm with Kyle on this. We definitely want to go back and like, you know, get redemption and actually make the show is the goal. I would love to, I would love to be up there with y'all like do media or something. I would love to help out some way somehow for that comeback next year for the Tusky. Uh, Cause I, that's, Port Royal is one of those tracks I haven't been to up there. I've been to Williams and I've been to Warnerville too, too many times to count at this point. But yeah, Port Royal is one of those like top facilities in the country that a lot of people want to try to get to and have on their playlist. And it's definitely there for me. Uh, going to you, Derek. How did your racing life start? Did you start early like, in go karts and that type of stuff, and kind of move up uh, before military, or just how did everything start for you with racing? Uh, it started with me when I was <clears throat> probably five or six years old. Uh, we'd gotten go karts and had a little track that my dad and his brothers built in the field at my grandparents house and then eventually it went from that to we're taking the go-karts getting different ones and going to a racetrack and my very first night out ever in a go-kart at a racetrack we had won the race and i had you know the biggest smile you could ever imagine and my dad started investing more into that more into that to where we have a top-notch go-kart team and we raced all over pennsylvania up until i was about i think 15 and we sold all the go-kart stuff and was planning on going mini sprint racing. And then it all went downhill from there. Dad got laid off. Racing got put on a big hold to where the only type of racing I was getting was whenever somebody would be like, hey, I want you to ride my cart. Or, you know, they would offer me rides here or there. And that was like pretty much the end of racing for me for a while. And I didn't get back into racing really until I got here to Shaw and got hooked up with uh, one of my bosses at work. He said, hey, you, you used to race go-karts, didn't you? I said, yeah. He said, cool, but I need some help at a race I'm doing up here. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know they did go-kart racing down here because I don't know much about South Carolina. So I went to, we went to Paradise Raceway mm-hmm. for one of their big, big money events. And I had never seen so many, you know, big haulers and expensive equipment and go-karts and people everywhere. And I was like, man, this is what go-kart racing down here is like. I'm getting back in. So saved up some money and bought a go-kart and then a trailer and, you know, all the engines and everything to go with it and hooked back up with Kyle and we went out and our second year racing, we won a track championship at Hanging Rock Cartway in Kershaw. And after that, I got hooked up with Nate Emig about sprint car because before I even got the go-kart going, I bought a sprint car frame from him and just sat in the garage for years. And finally, I was like, I've had enough of the go-kart thing. I'm ready to do the sprint kart thing. So I sold all my go-kart stuff. And I mean, I had nothing left from that. And it built me a full car minus like a couple thousand dollars I needed left to finish the engine. And that's what got me into the Carolina Sprint Tour was starting with just wrenching on Nate's stuff and meeting the guys from the tour and like, oh, you need this and this and this. Like, well, I'll give you a deal on it. Like, I have it sitting here. I don't need it. So they really helped me out a lot with getting getting into the car, you know, relatively cheap. And here we are today still, Carolina Sprint Tour. Don't plan on going anywhere. That's one thing I've seen about Sean and everybody with the Sprint Tour. Uh, they help out anybody that's willing to get into it and become a part of their family. They're very welcoming. They're very, very awesome people to just be around and if you got something going wrong during night, you just walk over John's trailer or somebody's trailer, like, hey, I need this, I need that. Anybody would give it to you or really cheap, whatever you need to even be getting to it in the first place. And uh, 
Yeah. And uh, how old was your uh, sprint car body chassis when you first started getting into it? And is that the same one you got now? So the first one we got uh, was a JEI chassis that Nate ended up buying the first year we went up to the Tuscarora 50 with him. And I was wrenching on his stuff. He said, hey, bring your truck. Uh, I need you to put something in the bed of it. So he ended up buying this chassis because it came with like four or five gallon buckets full of shocks. For like, I think he spent, said 400 bucks or something like that. And I was like, all right, so what are we doing with the sprint car frame? He said, that's yours. I was like, what do you mean it's mine? He's like, this is yours. He said, I bought it for the shocks. Like, you can have the car. So unknown year, JEI, we ran that for the last race at Fayetteville, the first year we raced, and the first half of last year until we got this 2009 Maxim that we have now. Are you still looking to sell that Maxim or are you going to hold on to it? Uh, if it sells, it sells. Like I would love to sell it because I already have a, a new car on the way. Uh, it's currently at Beavers right now getting, you know, de-stressed and all that stuff. He does all the voodoo magic that he does to the sprint cars. So I haven't paid for it yet and selling this one would definitely help me get that one down here and going. But if it doesn't sell, then I just have to pay for it outright and then I'll have two cars. That's a that's a pretty sweet setup to just have that one just waiting on you when you're uh, when you eventually get back home in a little over a year. But uh, Kyle, so uh, what it sounded like Derek was saying is you pretty much have gotten into this over the fir- uh, last few years with uh, reconnecting with Derek after uh, you being in Goldsboro, him being in Sumter. Uh, how has been your experience through racing with Carolina Sprint Tours, lead crew chief, and all that type of stuff? Oh man, it's it's been great. Um, you know, you guys you guys said it perfectly. It's a great family to be a part of. Uh, everybody takes care of everybody. You know, I can we can call Sean or or Gareth or any of those guys, George Lops, call any of those guys any time of the day and ask them for advice. And and uh, they're they're an open book. They'll give it to you. Um, yeah, it's it's been wild, man. Um, like he said, we started out on go karts, and he kind of just you know, taught me how to change gear and bolt on tires and wash tires and stuff. And that kind of, kind of, you know, springboarded me into trying to figure out how to read a track, um, kind of figuring that out a little bit. And then, you know, once he got the sprint car thing, um, he got into the sprint cars and I was like, well, I mean, it's, it's this is awesome. I love, I love going fast. So, you know, I love wrenching on things, so uh, I'm with you. Let's do it. And, uh, he, you know, he, he taught me little things around the car here or there. Um, you know, tires, just, just bolting on tires, putting tires on, uh, changing the oil, stuff like that. Nothing really nothing really too big. He, he showed me how to do the setup, but he never explained to me what turns in the car meant, what taking turns out. Um, stuff like that. He never, he, he didn't explain it to me because I don't, I don't think he fully, he gets it all the way. And then, so I kind of just had to figure it out on my own. To this um, day, I still don't fully understand it. That's all, <laughs> that's all your area. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, we went to, you know, we went to the Tuscarora 50 last year and um, Nate, Nate Emig was doing the setup stuff and they both had the same setup in the car and they both went backwards. And uh, I just looked at the the baseline setup sheet from Triple X mm-hmm. and said, hey, these guys make these things. You know, they, they make the chassis. Why don't we just do what they tell us to do for a long, slick track and do that? And Nate's, Nate was having engine trouble. You know, Derek was, you know, frustrated going backwards you're seventh fastest in in hot laps and then you go backwards in the in the heat race you you get frustrated Mm -hmm. so uh i grabbed a jack grabbed some setup blocks put the put the long long track slick setup in it and both of them went forward in the b main so um that was kind of where it where it kind of took off for me i started doing a lot of reading a lot of research um found an article by one of the original editors for open wheel magazine mm-hmm. a 
about sprint car setups and stuff and just started trying to figure it out. And that's pretty much all this year has been is just Derek giving me feedback and then, you know, kind of us going to the car and, you know, not so much putting unknown amounts of turns or do we're very calculated, but just trial by error and see, see what works, see what he likes, you know, and my main focus is just set the car up so he can put that car wherever he wants, high, low, middle, in traffic, clean air. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to nail down, but it's been a great ride so far. I really like how much you guys are trying to develop. You just went from uh, over a few years of being like, yeah, I just like things to go fast. I'll figure this out a little bit to really doing your research and really learning and really falling in love with it. It seems like to really learn the deep knowledge of this, understand what does what with every part of the car to be able to help set up Derek to be able to perform his best on the track. Uh, what, what would you guys say would probably be the best performance you guys have had with the Carolina sprint tour behind the wheel? It could be a combination of just the whole night. You guys are just fast off the, bo- out the box or, uh, like kind of bad, like hot last qualifying end up having a good result. What would you guys say is probably just your best result overall? Man, we've had some really good ones that just kind of got away from us, but usually out of, the Carolina box, really last fast year. out of the box. Carolina last year. Yep. Yeah. Carolina yeah, last Carolina year. Last race and you finished what? Third. Yeah. I finished third. I lost the lead to, uh, Cerniak in the opening lap and Jake McLean and I ran side by side for the better part of nine laps. And he finally just edged out in front of me and I just, you know, kind of settled down, took a breath and was trying to follow his line. And I saw them backing up to me with like five to go because there's a lap car in front of them. I was like, please hold them up just a little bit. And of course, you know, they got around them real quick and I get behind them. It takes me two laps to get around them, but we still, that was our only podium finish to date. And I think that was probably one of the best cars we had. I just made the wrong car call with the gear. And now I have that balance to run the ideas off Kyle about, Hey, I'm thinking this gear and he'll, you know, bring me back down to earth. Like, do you think that that gear is what you really need? because of X, Y, or Z. And like for the instance of the Carolina thing, like I had too much gear in the car where I could get off the corner really well. I just, by mid straightaway, had no more pull. And everybody else, you know, had that extra three or five miles an hour that they could get out of straightaway because their car wasn't gear about. Uh, what would you guys probably say would be your favorite, like type of track you guys like to race on or like favorite specific track, like either with Carolina Sprint Tour or Port Royal or even like a go-kart track, you would say be, be probably your favorite that you've raced on. Um, huge fan of bull rings. I love high bank bull rings. Like we went to Tacoa mm-hmm. was one of my favorite races. Lawrence County is always highlighted on my calendar as like, that's one of my favorite races to go to. I mean, I don't know how Kyle feels about that, but like, that's just like my driving style is like where you have to, you know, get cowboy up, elbows out and hold on to the wheel for dear life for 25 laps. That's my kind of racing. Who would you say in the Carolina Sprint Tour is like the hardest racer? Like it doesn't matter if they're a lap car or you're the lap car, they're racing the absolute hardest. Don't give you an inch no matter what part of the track, what track you're at. Who, Who do you think races you the hardest? Man, Fruitsy's a hard guy to pass. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, John. John is definitely a hard guy to get around. He's always putting it all on the line every lap. Very good racer. Very respectful racer. Like he'll never, you know, dirty up to get around you or anything like that. He's definitely one of the hardest people to ever get around. Rich Wisdo is so methodical. He runs a very consistent line, lap after lap after lap, and he's one that I found over the last two years is probably. If you're chasing them down, like if you're waiting for a mistake, you might as well just back off them because it ain't it ain't happening. But I learned that you know everybody will make a mistake, and eventually Rich did step out and spin out, and we passed him that one time at uh, that Traveler's Rest, I want to say. But as far as like somebody that just like throws it down all on the line every lap of the race, it's Sean. It doesn't matter if he's leading the race or if he's two laps down; he's always giving it everything he has every lap matter with him if his engine's backfiring he's still gonna slide the crap out of beat the wall down like, yep <laughs> that's that's sean yeah 
100%. So you guys have a huge wide range of personalities and like driving experience and styles all through it. You have the older guys that have been doing it for their entire lives, like the Riches, like the Steve Cerniaks, all the way down to Brianna Lawson, who's 14. Uh, what do you guys think about Brianna so far uh, as her first year in the 305s with you guys? She's phenomenal in a car, you know. Um, her dad, Bronzy, and her crew and everybody, they're pretty smart. They've been around, you know, sprint cars for a while. So I know that they can put her car in the right direction, but, I mean, she still has to be, you know, on the gas and on the wheel to handle it. And to be that young and going this fast against this tough group of people, I mean, it's just nothing short of incredible, really. One uh, funny thing I saw on Facebook earlier in the season. So uh, Steve won the first race at Harris I was at. And then the next week, you guys are like a couple weeks later, the next race, you guys were at Halifax. And that's when Brianna won her first race. And uh, Will made the post saying, congrats to Brianna, make, when first female to win Carolina Sprint Tour, youngest winner, that type of stuff. And then Steve's like, oh, wait, no, nah, never mind. I, uh, I identified as a female last week, so that should be me. Where, where's my big post? <laughs> where's my big post? <laughs> Leave it to Steve. Yeah, I never oh. met him before. Harris talked to him after he won that one. He, he's a cool guy. Yeah, I, I believe that was the yeah that was the first Carolina Sprint Tour race I covered was at Harris. That's one of my favorite tracks in uh, in the Carolinas. That one's pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say smooth. I think it just produces some of the best racing throughout different <laughs> series you bring there. It doesn't matter if it's Thunder Bomber, Sprint Car, Front Wheel Drives, uh, Late Models, whatever you get on there. Uh, I enjoy Harris. And also, it was uh, my home track where I grew up, but I didn't go there much growing up. That's where uh, that track, Derek. That's where started. that's where Rich won last year, isn't it? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, I mean, we were fast that night too. It, you're not wrong. It's a great track. I like it. It's definitely top five on my list for for tracks we visited. I'm a fan of it too. I like it. You know, it's got that banking effect. It's got tight corners to negotiate. Um, it's just when I think about, you know, a track, I like racy, you know, I like two grooves that are just as fast where you can throw that, that haymaker slide job if you need to, if you, if you can get around riding the fence, you can be fast. Like, and Harris for us in the sprint tour, you know, three times I've been there, it's been hit or miss. It's either it's like that or it's one lane around the bottom. And I mean, the track can't really control that much, like especially if they're calling for weather and they don't really lay the water to it like they should, which you can't blame them for that because they lay the water to it and we get a rain shower, like that's it, we're going home. Yeah, Harris, it doesn't matter if there's a rain shower coming, they're still going to try to get in, no matter if it's a mud bog or as dry as a desert, they're going to still be, try to get that event in. That's the, that's the number one track that's going to, they're going to try their damnedest to get that event in that night. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They're not yeah, you're absolutely try, correct they're there. Not going to try to push it to a Sunday show. They're not going to try to uh, bring back your rest bands next week. They're getting that show done. Doesn't matter if it's at three a.m. and Rutherford County's getting pissed at them. They're going to get it done. <laughs> yep, yeah, I'll agree with you there. Uh, what would you guys say is probably one of the more difficult tracks that you guys have been to that just you couldn't get a handle of, and just for some reason you couldn't figure out. Up until this year, it was Cherokee for me. What changed? Um, Kyle. <laughs> so last year, the two times I went to Cherokee, Kyle couldn't make it and had other obligations. So I was just trying to figure it out on my own. And, you know, I had people giving me tips here and there and everything. And then, of course, I had mechanical failures and had all kinds of other stuff. But I was still just wasn't fast there. Just couldn't get a handle on it. And <clears throat> what I thought I was doing was the right thing was not the right thing because I came in after the A main of the one I actually finished there and both my rear tires were bald. It was the first time in a sprint car I'd ever spun out. Like I'd never spun out ever in a sprint car and I spun out in that main and you know it was like a big pride shot. And then this year we go to Cher Cherokee on a doubleheader weekend and I'm like already in my own head like I hate this place. I just want to get through the night. And we were decently quick. Kyle had a great setup in the car and I think with, you know, a few minor changes that we have written down in the notebook that if we were to go back there again right now, we'd be a top two car. No questions asked. Yeah, I, w I wish you guys were still going to be in town to be for the combo race you guys are going to be having there with the 
Uh, Carolina Sprint Tour is going to have a combo race with USCS in a few weeks at the end of July. That's going to be a really big event. I believe I'm going to be out of town for that one, unfortunately. I, honestly, I haven't been to a Carolina Sprint Tour race since Harris. Like, <laughs> it's just whether it's been other series and stuff I'm following, I, I haven't been able to get to. But I, I, I know there's going to be like a three-week three week stretch. I'm going to like two or three straight when they go to Lawrence and uh, I think Sumter the second time. I think they go there in September, maybe late August. I think it's August 20th six something like that pretty sure it's in august yeah because i know i'm going to something like two three times in august for some reason but that's easy for me on, on the on the gas money i guess but I, I like trying different i like going to different places and seeing different stuff instead of making the same trip to the same places a lot but uh going back to the air force type stuff uh why why did uh, i'll start with uh kyle why did you join the air force and how has your journey been with that through the years Oh man, uh, dude, I was, I was just tired of sitting at home. Uh, <laughs> I had a, I had a dead, dead end job. I was going to community college, uh, you know, partying all the time. And, uh, one of my buddies, he's, he's actually getting ready to retire now. Um, Greg chick, he was, he's an age guy, aerospace ground equipment guy. And, uh, I gave him a holler. And I said, hey, man, how's this Air Force thing going for you? And he was like, dude, I love it. I was like, all right. What do you think about me going to talk to the recruiter? He's like, dude, do it. Do it. So I did. And, uh, yeah, the rest is kind of the rest is kind of history. I went and took the ASVAB, decided he was a – my recruiter was a, a S-16 Thunderbirds pilot. He was on the demo team. And uh, he made it – he made being a crew chief sound great. So I was like, well – that's what I want to do. Be a crew chief. And, uh, yeah, went to tech school, uh, met my wife, Diana in tech school. We got married after about three months of knowing each other. That's crazy. Um, and, uh, we went, we PCS to, uh, we went to mountain home for our first eight and a half years of our career. Um, she got out in 2011. Um, but, uh, yeah. Derek left Mountain Home. I stayed there for a couple more years. He traveled and saw Japan and Korea and, you know, Arizona and stuff. And we would hook up every now and then, go to the Monster Energy Cup in Las Vegas when he was in Luke because it's only – it's just a short drive to Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, 2014, I got non-volunteered to, to come and be an instructor to teach um, our tech school here at Seymour. And uh, went to Korea again, or went to Korea the first time in 2018. Came back here in 2019, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's been an incredible journey. I mean, if you know, you'd have told me 17 and a half years ago that this is where I'd be. I'd have told you you're a liar because I was. You know, my original plan was to do six years and get out. Hmm. So. Well, originally changed your plan over those uh, first six, six and a half years to decide to just keep going and then get to this point 17 and a half years down the line. Just how much you enjoyed it? Yeah, honestly, um, I went to a, I, my first unit was a great unit. Um, it was F-15C models. Um, a lot of old school guys, no nonsense guys. And that's what I needed because um, I was a little punk kid when I first joined. So I needed that, I needed that tough love. And, you know, they kind of, they brought me into the brotherhood of being a crew chief, being an F-15 crew chief and showing me the way. And yeah, I just don't want to stop until, well, now, now that I'm transitioning to F-16s, I just, you know, now it's, now it's more of, you know, the air force. I just, I have a lot to, a lot of knowledge and a lot of mentorship and guidance that I can give to some of these young kids. Cause I've been there, done that, that dumb shit that they're doing, you know? So I have a lot of, I have a lot left to give. So I plan on staying in for, uh, I have probably another eight years or so. That's awesome. Probably have another eight years. Yeah. What about you, Derek? How did your journey with the air force start? And he, uh, Kyle touched it a little bit with you hopping around Japan, uh, Luke, a little bit of that stuff. How did it all start for you with the air force? Yeah, um, going back to the very beginning of it, uh, I was working, you know, at a factory in Pennsylvania, 
making steel forgings and didn't really care for that too much. Uh, my dream was to always have my own, you know, garage one day, mechanic shop that took auto mechanics in, in high school with the Votech. And I had certifications and stuff like that. And I was looking to do that. And I found out like how much money it would cost. I was like, well, money is something I really don't have. So then I just bounced around job to job to job and, you know, just really wasn't going anywhere or doing anything. Spent most of my weekends at Penn State Altoona partying with my friends from high school that were, you know, going to college there and not doing anything but partying and not really going to class. And my uncle Joel called me. It's my dad's brother. and said, hey, swing over to the house tomorrow. I got something I want to show you. And I swing over to the house. And the next thing I know, I'm getting in his car and we're going to the recruiting office. In Altoona, because I had mentioned, I was like, I'm thinking about joining the military to just, you know, do something. In the recruiting office, and there was the Air Force recruiter, and he said, see, I told you the Air Force has all the good-looking women, and she actually was pretty attractive. <laughs> and, of course, it made me blush, you know, because he's always been known to be the one to be outlandish and goofy at any time. And uh, I went in there, thought about it, signed up, and... Didn't even really think about, you know, what job that I really wanted. And then uh, the recruiter asked me, she goes, what do you want to do? I said, anything that has to do with turning wrenches, I'm all for it. And she said, well, there's this job and uh, it's working on airplanes. I was like, like airplane airplanes? And she goes, no, fighter jets. I was like, absolutely. I want to do this. So I showed up to Mountain Home and the first couple of years were pretty rough. You know, being 3,700 miles away from home, friends, family don't really know anybody that when you get there. And I absolutely hated it, and I couldn't wait to get out. I was like, this is just, I don't know, I don't like it the same for me. And it was actually Kyle one day that pulled me into the office and just ripped my ass up one side and down the other. And he said, you're a natural mechanic, and you're out here acting like a dumbass. Like, if you know how to work on stuff, just just do that. Like this job's not that difficult. And it was like, from that day forward, I became, you know, the person they always asked to go do X, Y, or Z on, a, on an airplane because they knew that I could get it done. And I became someone that they relied on. And it was like, from that point forward, I was like, okay, this job is really actually pretty bad. And I left there, went to Korea, did my year in Korea, went to Luke. Was it Luke from 2013 to 16. That's where I met my wife at, my wife, Jenny. And we had been dating for about six, seven months, and I got an assignment to Japan. And I had to go to Japan for two years and left her in Arizona, and we did the long-distance thing for two years. And after Arizona, I was hoping to go back there, just, you know, because everything would conveniently fall in place with our relationship. But the Air Force says, have you ever heard of Sumter, South Carolina? Because that's where you're going. And at first, I was really, you know, pissed off about it. I didn't want to go there. Tried pulling all the strings I had, like, with everybody I knew and higher level, like, Air Force headquarters stuff to change my assignment and do all this stuff. And I'm like, sorry, there's nothing I can do. So <clears throat> came to Shaw, looked around the place. And I was like, there's some familiar faces. There's people I know. All right, I like this. And... Asked Jenny, I was like, well, I'm here now. What do you feel about, you know, moving out here? And she was like, both feet in, like, all right, if we're doing this, let's do it big. So I flew out to Arizona and drove her, her cat, and her car with a U-Haul truck, loaded to the gills all the way from Arizona to here. And we got here and... Pretty much the rest is history from here. You know, uh, I absolutely love my job. I love being a mechanic on an airplane. I think it's probably one of the most instantly gratifying, yet the same job that'll eat your soul out if you let it. Like you get to see the instant gratification of there's a part failure, you change the part, now the whole jet's good to go and everybody's happy. Or you get to see, you know, that time where you're working on a weekend because you can't figure out what's wrong with it and it just won't work. Like it's a high risk, high reward kind of job, really. But it's it's very rewarding overall, and I wouldn't change it for anything. And now I'm getting ready to uh, head to Korea for a year just to reset my time here at Shaw so I don't have to go anywhere else. I uh, hit 15 years in December, and I'm looking to retire right at 20 unless something changes to where 
I want to stay in longer. I, I think I'm a 20 year and done guy, but I don't know. Kyle's trying to twist my arm into staying longer, so we'll see how that plays out. 20 years is still a long ass time <laughs> doing anything. It doesn't matter if it's working on jets in the military or doing whatever type of job. That's a long time. It doesn't matter if it's 20, 25 years. That's that's a good. If you're lucky, that's a fourth of your life. That's that, that's just crazy to think about. But um. Yeah, I have a little bit of connection with the Air Force, you guys, even some of the bases a little bit. My brother-in-law that I just finished living with for a couple of years, he's from Hagerman, Idaho, which is same state mountain home. I don't know how close those are. But uh, then he went to he went to the Myrtle Beach Air Force Base, and my sister was there as air traffic control, and they met there, ended up getting married, had their first kid. And then they got stationed out at... Um, Fairchild in Washington State had their second kid, and then all of a sudden we're like, "Okay, you're being uh, sent out to Sumter, South Carolina. You're going to Shaw. Same thing as same thing as you, Derek." And uh, they weren't too too upset about that because they were about like an hour hour and a half from where they were in Myrtle Beach. My other sisters and their mom uh, lived around the Charlotte area, a little bit Outer Banks area where uh, my parents were around that time, and so it wasn't that too big of a culture shock are huge huge shift for them and i believe my uh sister got out of the military with the two kids uh not too long after that or i don't even know if she was still in it after fairchild and um then um my brother-in-law did i think did his three years at sumter i believe i'm not too sure about the how many years uh there and then they moved to Lexington, South Carolina, about 45 minutes away, other side of Columbia from y'all, down 378. And my brother-in-law, he's been at, Brad, he's been at the Mars Pet Care uh, Pedigree Dog Food Factory for the last 27 years, 26, something around those years. And my sister, she's been doing the same job. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot, a little bit here and there about Air Force, the him trying to get me in the most, especially when COVID started and I just moved in with them. It was a, that was a, had to kind of fight him off. I don't know why I did. I probably should have done it then, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when it comes to military with me down the road. I'm still just 22. Uh, how old were you guys when you guys joined? It was just about to turn 19. Okay. Yep, and I was 19. Yeah, I was 19 at that point, too, three years ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, if, if that happens down the road, I, I wouldn't mind it. It seems very gratifying i feel like it'd be something i'd be able to fit in with down the road if i want well i mean i'm not trying to recruit anybody but i will tell you that it's never too late yeah okay i'm going down the street <laughs> that's all i needed <laughs> yeah uh so how is kind of like the you're going longer here i don't it's fine with me, but uh, how is like the cultures like different in like Japan and Korea compared to here, and like how much adjustment did that really take for you guys? Um, well, in my experience, maybe different for Derek, but uh, that year I spent in Korea, Korea, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, was one of the best years of my career, hands down. Um, the camaraderie is different. Um, you know, cause you're, you're geographically separated from, from your family and stuff. So everything was, you, I knew everyone that worked for me, they knew me, I knew their wives and how many kids they had and their kids' names. And they knew my wife's name and my kids' names. And, and we still, you know, some of them I still talk to today, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, I, I liked Korea. So when Derek had the thought of saying screw it let's go to korea um i was down for it because like i said it was one of the best years of my career uh, what uh, what about you derek what do you think about uh korea or, or and japan i believe you're in japan as well uh, my korea trip probably wasn't you know the brightest i think i I spent most of my weekends, you know, playing darts at a bar, drinking and, you know, goofing off. I didn't really, didn't really interact with very many people socially other than, you know, the, the same crew you go out drinking and partying with. But uh, my experience in Japan was probably one of my best experiences ever. You know, it was two years 
And it was for the same reasons where, you know, you're separated from your family and stuff. So your military friends that you work with every day, that becomes your family, you know, and, uh, you know, you do Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving dinners and, you know, every holiday that you would celebrate in the States, you're now celebrating with just those people because they're who you have there with you. And it was just overall, it was a very, very great experience. And I wouldn't change that for nothing. And I've gotten some really good friends out of that that I know that we haven't seen each other since we parted our ways in Japan, but we still keep in touch and call each other every now and then just to see how things are going. A lot of them have separated from the military and are doing their own thing. And still, every now and then, they'll pick up the phone or I'll pick up the phone, we'll call, and we'll be on the phone for an hour and a half, two hours, just catching up on everything. And, you know, experiences like that, you can't replace with anything. That's awesome. Uh, good luck to you guys out in Korea. You guys have anything else you want to talk about or any other uh, things you want to discuss before we hop off of here? No, man. Uh, I appreciate you having us on. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was talking to Diana just a little while ago. I was like, you know, it's pretty surprising that he wanted to talk to not just Derek, but his crew chief too. Cause you know, most times they just, you know, most times people just want to talk to the driver or the, you know, the, in, in our experience, right. Nobody wants to talk to the crew chief. Everybody wants to talk to the pilot. So, uh, I thought, I thought it was pretty awesome. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. They're like, I'm, I'm not just a driver only show. I've had all types of people on here. I've had drivers, I've had other social media people. I've had, uh, not crew chiefs. I've had, what have I had? Just other podcast hosts, uh, tra uh series directors, track promoters, this show is welcome from anybody. Anybody listening, if you have something you want to talk about that I don't know much about, or even if I do know about it, send me a message. You're, anybody's welcome on any time. If anybody has some shit they just got to get off their chest, you're pissed off at somebody, want to wreck somebody, but just need to get it off so you don't do it in person, anybody's welcome. I'm welcome for family fist fights over Discord at any time. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any sponsors with the Sprint Card team you want to thank or anybody else that helps out in the car at all? Absolutely. Uh, our biggest sponsor is uh, Colton Cares Pet Services, which is actually Kyle's oldest son's business up there in Goldsboro. Uh, they've been with us for two years now, and Kyle and his family are always so supportive for our racing program and also everything we do, you know, family-wise and just general living in all in all, you know. Like, we go up to their house, they come down here, and we all hang out and everything, but they've been a huge part of the racing deal, could not have done half the stuff or even a third of the stuff that we've done without their, you know, support. And it's truly an honor to have him want to be part of the racing team. And I'm so glad he's here. And our other big sponsor is uh, Jerry Rivers, who is just retired from the Air Force as Chief Master Sergeant. Uh, he's starting up his own brewing company called Pinnacle Brew Works. They've been on board for the last two years uh, with sponsoring the program. And they're continuing to stick around. And I'm hoping that they stick around for a little while longer. Because uh, we're big things are definitely coming for this race team. I can definitely feel those big things coming. You just gotta take a take a sabbatical off in Korea for a little bit, and then come back, uh, win the Tusky Fifty and the Three Hundred Five, and then dominate the hey. Sprint Tour after that. That's just there's no other way it can go. But <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for your service uh, with the military, and I appreciate everything you guys have done, helped out with the Carolina Sprint Tour, and been a part of that family, and uh. I appreciate you guys taking time here on this 4th of July on the show, talking to me for a little while. I would, I would like to just throw one more shout out to uh, Colton Kaler. Go for it. Uh, he's, he's my right-hand man in the pits. Um, a lot of the things I do, a lot of the ideas I have, I bounce off of him. Um, and he's, he's the one that keeps both Derek and I grounded, kind of gives a different perspective. So, yeah, definitely our crew guy, Colton Kaler, he's, he's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely can't forget about him. He's also our entertainment when we need it. <laughs> what type of entertainment are you talking about? Oh, you name it. When it comes to buying, you know, outlandish foam cowboy hats to wear at driver's meetings or, you know, <laughs> crazy banners to hang up from the trailer. Uh, just, hey, I bought a bunch of these yeah. four locos for after the race. We're going to see how good, we, how good they are. You know, just random <laughs> stuff like that. Like, he's always got some some wild idea up his ass that he's waiting to pull out at the right moment and at the moment he pulls it out it's usually when we're down and frustrated you know ready to throw in the towel and then here he comes with some comic relief and it's like all right we're back we're ready 
And, and Derek, I don't think we'd be doing our due diligence if we didn't thank Craig, the old boy. Uh, yeah. Derek's dad, Derek's dad, man, uh, his mom and dad come down every chance they get to come watch us race and do our thing. And, and Craig is always, you know, the, one of the first ones to, to come to me and say, Hey, wh- what do you need done? What, what can I do? Let's, let's get after it. Um, so Craig Treese also Derek's dad is dad's been awesome. Yeah, it's different different for the old boy to take a uh, passenger seat to turn wrenches on the car and stuff. So he always is eager to get in there and, and turn some wrenches. And also, he gives me a level head if it's just me, him, and Kyle and my mom and stuff at a racetrack. And I'm frustrated and I'm mad. He's usually the one that'll come to me and calm me down, tell me to get my head back in the game, like stop, like the like, race that just happens already over. Like you got the next one to be ready for. So yeah, definitely, definitely got to give him huge thanks. I also want to give a huge thanks to my wife, Jenny, uh, without her support, you know, emotionally when I'm down and financially, when I don't think that there's a way for, you know, getting a part that I need in time for another race, miraculously it shows up on the kitchen counter as surprise. So I definitely got to give a huge thanks to her for, you know, keeping this thing going and keeping the wheels on it. Because she definitely, uh, she does a lot behind the scenes. And then when we go to the races, especially for like the Sumter races, she'll make a bunch of food and bring it to the trailer and have, you know, Andy and the Carolina Sprint guys like, hey, have you guys had any of these you know, sliders that I made? Like I made a bunch of them. These are for you guys. So definitely a big, big morale boost. And, you know, the one behind the scenes that makes everything happen. That's amazing. You guys have some awesome people supporting you and the racing stuff and just the whole life, everything. Uh, yeah, with the going back to Colton doing the crazy funny stuff, uh, I'm I'm going to Eldora Million like a week from actually yeah a week from today. I'm going up to Ohio for the Eldora Million. I'm trying to uh, like find me last second like get a crazy flag or some crazy shit to do. If you guys got any ideas, I'm welcome to it to, to have it our little camper. I'll, uh, I'll have Colton message you because I'm sure he's already got some in the bank ready to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go make a pit stop over there. <laughs> Give me one of them foam so. cowboy hats or something to be just uh, standing in the pits. We get a photo of Kyle Larson while wearing it. Make Kyle wear it. That'd be kind of funny. Hell yeah. Actually, uh, random, ass, random ass thing about Kyle Larson. There's a video, uh, like a Hendrick made like media video one day. They're like, okay, what's something you like? And he just he's like, I love lettuce. Well, and just Kyle just randomly saying he loves lettuce. And so anytime we try to uh, – anytime every time before we go see Larson race, I've always thought to us just buying a head of lettuce and having him sign that for some reason. <laughs> just the part I remember him saying – You should absolutely do that. Uh, we're going to – well, don't worry. We'll go to the IGA outside of Eldora. We'll get their head of lettuce, and we'll have Kyle sign it at the million. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll waffle it off or – uh, just give it away to the fans when we hit a certain amount. I don't know. That, that'd be funny. Just anybody who wants a rotten head of lettuce signed by Kyle Larson, be giving away a do much on dirt, 500 followers on everything. But <laughs> there you go. Do uh, do two heads of lettuce, give one to smash after he wins. You can Ross Chastain the thing. Yeah, that that'd be electric. Just just imagine Kyle climbs on the sprint car, fires going everywhere, confetti, and then just a I just football throw from the stands, 60 yards. <laughs> And just hit him right in the head with he falls off the sprint car. That'd be electric. That'd be awesome. Uh, or or like or his son Owen just catches and start eating it while his mom shotgun a beer. That okay, this is sound really electric. Perfect. <laughs> or, or well now around. I definitely gotta watch the, the victory lane to see what happens with a head of lettuce. Somebody rifling a head of lettuce from the stands. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I have the arm for that. We'll have to see. I think it's got to be pretty dense for me to even get it over the fence, I feel like. Oh, I feel like man, yeah, it'd I be awesome. Have, I might have to, like, volleyball spike it. Well, I don't know. We'll see. A week away. We got enough time to workshop. I got a 10-hour drive to workshop it. But, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> there you I, go. I appreciate you guys coming on here. I probably won. I think it's the second longest interview I've done here. But it's been awesome. Uh, hope, uh, everybody listening got to learn a little bit more. And, uh about your guys' stories with racing and the military and everything, and I want to wish you guys some luck in Korea and then going over in a couple of weeks, right? Appreciate it, man. Leaving August 5th, and I definitely thank you and appreciate you so much for having us on here. It was an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Well, you guys are definitely welcome on uh, next year when you guys start getting getting back set up and ready to start the whole racing thing up again, and uh, appreciate you guys coming on. Can't wait. Thanks, Thanks man. man.
Hope everybody enjoyed the interview with Kyle and Derek talking about their careers with Carolina Sprint Tour, their careers in the military with the Air Force. And uh, again, good luck to them and Korea next year. We're going to be seeing you next year, hopefully for the Tuscarora 50 up at Port Royal. Uh, that would be one race I would love to make it up to, like I was uh, telling them a little while ago. But let's get into the race that we had this past weekend. Uh, left out in the intro, Carolina Speedway had their Hall of Fame night, their like, little midsummer classic, they called it. And they had a bunch of racing. They had Thunder Sportsmen's Pro Fours, Open Wheel Modified, Super Sportsmen, Lightning Late Late Models, Thunder Bombers, Hornets, and Crown Vicks. So yeah, let's just go over those sport uh, those results real quick. Thunder Sportsman was won by, by Luke Eidson. Open Wheel Modifieds was won by Grayson Wells. In the Pro Fours, it was won by Dylan Warden. They had a good seven car field there, a little light for them. But going down to the Super Sportsman, that was Andrew Baker getting over the one over Luke Eidson. And in the Thunder Bombers, it was our friend of the show, Hunter Thunderbird, picking up another win of the year over his brother Jacob. Dale Montgomery was third in that one. Pretty decent field. They had 15 cars. Uh, for the Hornets, it was Brad McManus picking up the win over Brian Barfield. Uh, as you guys already hear, 4th of July fireworks being fired off at 145 in the afternoon sorry about that <laughs> but we yeah that was it for the hornets and over to the crown vix it was jason ledford picking up another victory uh going back to hornets i wonder where scott cloninger was there might have been uh, another little tour race somewhere but also on saturday like we talked about a lot last week with travis scott was the co-sanction between the ultimate super late models and the hunt the front super dirt series they're running for ten thousand a win for the independent shootout. This is uh, both points going to both series. So if you're running for points in ultimate, you got points for that. You're running hunt the front uh, part of their little half season deal. Will Harrington end up getting that mid season championship after a good performance at Duck River. But yeah, Jimmy Owens ended up picking up the victory in that win after dropping off of the uh, Lucas Oil full-time series before Lernerville. He got the win over Carson Ferguson. Third was Pearson Lee Williams. I haven't really seen him a lot this year besides I believe he went to Lancaster for the Clash opener. After that was uh, uh, one of my buddies, Dalton Cook from Salem, Alabama. Big Ben, friend of the show. Ben Watkins finishing fifth. Uh, other notable names, uh, Josh Putnam, seventh. Trey Mills, eighth. Donald McIntosh, who starting this Friday will be the new driver, the Billy Hicks 79. That was previously Ross Bales' ride. Uh, and that double nickel chassis. 10th is Clay Knight. 11th was friend of the show, Big A, Anthony Sanders. 13th was Hunt the Fronts, Joseph Joyner. 14th, Will Harrington. 16th was Peyton Freeman. 18th was John Henderson. Rambo, 19th. Willie Milliken, 23rd. And Christian Thomas finished dead last 29th. Okay, so good event with that. I believe that co-sanction went really well. It was entertaining to watch on home. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it. Just kind of in between the big trips right now. And got a doubleheader coming up this weekend. We'll get into that in a little bit. But on Monday, the only other race really in my featured realm, what I really post and pay attention to, was the Robbie Weaver Memorial. That was a really late night last night at Cherokee Speedway, the place your mom warned you about. Uh, probably in a day or two, uh, Will Richards going to have a overview, a review of the whole event. So go check out Will with the Cherokee Chatter podcast to get all more info on that based off more than just me telling you the winners. But yeah, let's go over those winners. And Renegade Sportsman was Andrew Baker. I believe that is his second in a row. Blake Bentley picking up another street stock victory. Thunder Bomber was Luke Doggett winning, I believe, win number seven or eight. I believe it's number seven. But Extreme 4 was won by Hunter Anthony. Crown Vic was Jeff Lamb picking up another win. Brandon Byers picking up a win in pure stock. And, and Blue Ridge Outlaws run for 3000 or 3500 I'm not too sure. They had a bunch of bonus money coming at last second. But it was Jay Sessoms picking up the victory in the 29-car field. Uh, some notable names throughout that field. Justin Mint second. Dale Timms third. Scott Shirey fourth. Uh, the Colt 45, a Colt Smith in sixth. Who else we got? Elliot Sanders, 10th. Uh, friend of the show, Devin Morgan, 15th. Tim Vance, 16th. Jeremy Fowler, 21st. Johnny Persley, 25th. And we had four do not starts, which was Alex Hendren, Derek Lane, Mike Limley, and Mark Robinson. That's a really good field on a Monday night getting 29, 29 cars. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday, like 
night or anything. Awesome field. And going to what's coming up next at Cherokee is the 10,000 to win with the newly formed Mid-East Super Late Models for the Grassy Smith Memorial on Friday night, July 7th. Uh, go over that real quick. Get Mid-East Super Late Models, 10,000 to win. Renegade Sportsman 1000, Thunder Bomber 900 win, Pure Stock 800, and the Smoking Mountain Barbecue Boys Extreme 4 for 700. Pits are going to be 40, gates will be open at 3 p.m., stands 30, gates at 4. Uh, if you're a veteran, you get 5 bucks off, and you're a kid 12 or under, you are in free. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good night. I'll be down there after getting off of work Friday, and then Saturday. We will be having, I believe it's going to be the Firecracker 50. No, Firecracker 40 with the Ultimate Super Late Models. Their second trip to Lancaster for the year. Uh, if you haven't been keeping up, Ben Watkins has won both Super Races at Lancaster this year with uh, Clash and Ultimate, uh, their season opener. And that is going to be just another standard Ultimate Race 5,000 to win, 40 laps. Uh, so obviously, uh, Ben's going to be the huge betting favorite into it, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, I'm trying to think other guys would be around there would be pretty competitive. Uh, who ran second and third there? Rambo was pretty good there last time, and uh, Matthew Nance, he was really fast, which was surprising to me last time com uh, compared to what his car went through a couple weeks before that. But yeah, it's going to be a good show. A uh, bunch of, I pretty much think everybody was at. That's going to be at Cherokee Friday. will be at Lancaster Saturday, so it should be a pretty good car count. I think they've averaged about the ultimate show was 20 there in May. The clash out a little bit more because there wasn't as much running, but excited for that uh, this weekend of racing. Let's see what else we got going on. Carolina Sprint Tour will be at Smoky Mountain Motor Speedway for the first time ever on July 8th. The newly configured shortened down to three-eighths of a mile. They had the Lucas Oil Boys up there a few weeks ago. I think that's going to be a fun show. Uh, see those guys on more of a bullring type track. Kind of like, I think it kind of reminds them of Sumter a little bit possibly, but we'll see how that goes. See how uh, everybody runs. And yeah, weekly show at Carolina on Friday. That's just all their normal stuff. Let me check their schedule to see if there's anything different around that. It's Racing and Wrecking is Pro 4s, Hornets, and Ford Outlaws. That sounds very electric to me. If, uh, I hope BAM Racing videos or somebody is there for that. Uh, it's not a full regular show. It's just those couple of classes, which uh good for Pro 4s because there's no East Lincoln this week. Uh, they are off for until July 22nd, I believe. And then Cherokee is not running them Friday. Uh, I'm going to double-check with Harris and see if they're running Pro 4s. I'm not too sure. But I know Harris has a show on Saturday. Yeah, July 8th, they're going to have Monster Thunder Bombers. Yeah, but no Pro 4. So if you're trying to run a Pro 4 this week, the only track you can get to is Carolina, which at least you got somewhere to run. And, yeah, uh, what other series and tracks are we missing to mention? Uh, I'll mention all the tracks uh, what's going on with them series the only two i haven't mentioned was scdra their next event is going to be july 21st and 22nd at scriven for the rebel yell with the southern nationals and then the carolina clash their next race is next weekend july 15th at fayetteville motor speedway and yeah just keeping you guys up to date on all my featured tracks and series i'm going to be at grassy smith friday at cherokee and then lancaster saturday with a uh, everybody's favorite red dirt rebel <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say uh he, he he told me he'll be at both but I'll, my girlfriend will be coming with me friday but hope to see you guys at the track this weekend i hope you guys are having a safe fourth of july and yeah let, uh, let's have some good racing this weekend go to your local track see uh see some racing if you can't keep up with anything on flow dirt vision whatever you race just help support the racing industry and uh if you want to support me a little bit, I have the Doomwitch shirts, the design I will be posting soon. I uh, just finished up kind of a couple of details details on those. I absolutely love the design uh, that Bandit's custom graphics has been making for me and talking with them. But I'm really excited to get that out to you guys. And uh, if you want to see the design before I post it everywhere and uh, want to get a t-shirt, just send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You can send my personal account, Evan McCrory. Uh, or all the Doomwitch accounts. And I still have stuff on the uh, spring store for Doomwitch, and you still could use the code RAINY for 10% off on there. Or 
If you want to still support me through being my ambassador program with Reaper Apparel Company, you can go to their website, find something you like, and use code DOOMWITCH for 10% off there at reaperapparelco.com. And yeah, not too much else. Went a little bit long on the interview, but I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, let me let me know your guys' feedback on the episode. Leave me a review on Apple and Spotify. Leave me five stars on Spotify. I'd really appreciate that. And yeah, share this with all your friends. If you got anybody that's in the military that appreciate this episode and their stories, uh, I'm going to be sharing this around to a bunch of families and Air Force and things like that. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I will see you guys next week. And uh, keep up with all my live race updates for Cherokee and Lancaster on the Doomwich on Dirt Twitter at D-U-N-E-W-I-C-H on Dirt. For all those updates, uh, I'll be live tweeting. I don't really post too much on Facebook and Instagram while I'm there, but if you want to know everything going on, if you can't make it to the track, keep up with me there. And, yeah, hope you guys have a good, safe 4th of July and a good week. See ya.